You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. How are we doing, guys? Welcome back to the Nosebleed Seats Week 15 edition. Kansas City against New Orleans. I know a lot of us have had this circled on our schedules for quite a while now. Uh, it's week 15. The Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC right now as it stands. Uh, this game really can't hurt us that much, so we're going to see what happens. Happy to have alongside me, as always, my co-host Marcus Baker. Marcus, how are we feeling about this Tell Saints what, matchup? Um, I think about this matchup, three words come to my head. Super Bowl preview. Super Bowl technically two words, correct? There's a one. Okay. Well, yeah, hey, te- regardless of the words. amount of words, Super Bowl preview is pretty much how I how I summarize this game or preview this game, essentially. I think this is really going to show if the NFC has a shot because I do believe that this Saints defense is really the only defense in the NFC that has the ability to stop the Chiefs. It'll be interesting to see if they can do that. You really think the Saints are – or have better Super Bowl odds. I than do the Packers because right I now? think head to head, Saints versus Packers, the Saints can run the ball on the Packers the whole game. Remains to be seen. We'll uh, hopefully see that in the NFC playoffs. But uh, as always, guys, we're going to give you our Week 15 matchup preview. Uh, give you our three impact players to watch for both teams, and then finish off with Marcus's make or break keys to victory. So, Marcus, uh, it's a 325 game on CBS, which is always nice because you know that means either Kevin Harlan or Jim Nance again. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for this. I, You know, it's a, it's not a night game, so we don't have to wait all day, but it's not a starting at noon after you eat lunch game either. So have time to take you a little nap before the game and uh, get ready for game time there at 325. So... Tell us a little bit about this New Orleans team because, uh, you know, here in the Midwest, we generally get them on our local cable affiliate. So, um, obviously, Drew Brees has been hurt. He had that punctured lung, I think it was, uh, four broken ribs. Uh, he's been practicing this week, so I'm I'm anxious to see. Is Everything I'm seeing, they designated Brees for a return from injured reserve, I believe. And that's big. It's very big for the Saints because – I mean, the entire game plan hinges on who plays quarterback for the Saints in this matchup because, I mean, I basically went in my maker breaks and kind of my just thought process coming into the game. I expect Breeze to play because this season more than ever, the one seed matters in a way that it never has in the history of the National Football League. So I really think the Saints are going to do everything they can to put themselves in position, especially coming off of a – I mean, pretty much embarrassing loss. It's an embarrassing loss to Philadelphia going up against a rookie quarterback. I think they're going to be hungry as a team to show people that they're still cream of the crop. I think they're going to be chasing that one seed like any competitive uh, Super Bowl contender would be. And I think if Drew Brees can raise his arm above his head, I think he's going to be the quarterback in this game. But um, either way, 
I think it's going to be a great matchup. It's just how the game will look really be determined by who's under center because it's more or less, I think the Chiefs will kind of do a similar similar thing because Breeze doesn't stretch you out down the field big time anyways. It's a lot of dink and dunk stuff and schematic. Nowadays, it didn't used to be like that. Nowadays, and, yeah. and he's still a guy that's an upgrade, in my opinion, over Taysom Hill just because he's one of the greatest to ever do it, and he has a brain and can process things in a way that Taysom just wouldn't be able to from an experience. And if we're if we're being honest, I mean, shockingly, the Chiefs have actually uh, fared pretty well against quarterbacks that can run. So, uh, you know, shutting Lamar Jackson down, uh, kept Herbert in the pocket. And I know Herbert ran a lot in college; hasn't hasn't really done too much in the NFL yet. But if they can shut Lamar Jackson down running the football, I think they'll they'd be okay with Taysom Hill. So Breeze definitely worries me. Um, if yeah. he's healthy enough to play, that remains to be seen. I believe Michael Thomas plays, so, is on. Um, uh, did not. Yeah, he's hurt as well. He's limited to practice today for sure. Yeah. Um that's something to watch too. You know, if if you don't have Michael Thomas, then I mean you gotta go to uh was it Traquan Smith? Yeah, is that what his name is? And then Emmanuel Sanders then I think. To their one. And then Emmanuel Sanders, right. So uh this game really doesn't matter for Kansas City, to be honest. Uh right now as far as seating goes. It it matters for a show of dominance, I'd say. Um, but if we lose this game, we're not we're not really losing anything. We're still the number one seed. Um, you know, as long as uh our record stay or as long as it stays the same. So uh you know, what do we have to lose here? I am extremely, extremely, extremely concerned about the state of the offensive line right now. Um, I really hope this doesn't end in something bad for Patrick Mahomes. You know, knock on wood. I don't know if you can hear me knocking through the microphone, but I'm knocking on wood. But uh, I'm nervous, man. The offensive line is really banged up right now, and I'm not sure where we're going to play. I don't know. It's scary. Guys in. Um, looking forward to Sunday morning just from a what-are-we-going-to-see perspective, you know? And it's like if if he's – or not he, but the line as a whole – if it's not a competent group, there's a little conversation that has to be had because at the end of the day, this franchise lives and dies on 15's back. That's the reality. He's the guy from now until 11, 12 years from now. And some people, and I've seen it buzzing around Twitter, this game doesn't have a lot of meaning to the Chiefs. They can lose this game and still be the favorite and in the driver's seat for the one seed. Is this a situation where you consider putting Chad Henney on the field? I don't like the idea. I think it'll hurt our offensive rhythm, and I don't want to do that going into the playoffs. And I think this will be a real test for this team. If they win it, it's going to show them and give them the confidence necessary to chase that Super Bowl that they can beat anybody. And if they lose it, it's going to open their eyes to the fact that they're not invincible and that they have to make some adjustments and work even harder to put themselves in positions to make it to – what would be the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay and maybe face this team again. So I think. And see, I I like the adversity standpoint of it, you know, because we are banged up. I'd like to see, you know, who is going to step up on the offensive line. Hopefully it's this year to rant. Uh, I know they called Daryl Williams up as well, uh, who's also played some interior line. So, I mean, the, the latest rumor I've seen is that they're going to kick Wiley out to, ta- out to left tackle. 
if Fisher's not able to suit up, which I'm really scared about that because, I mean, he can't even block on the inside, let alone being able be, or having to move his feet more to, you know, try to push away the likes of Cam Jordan. So <sighs> I'm nervous, man, but let's uh, let's talk about New Orleans impact guys. Who are the three guys that we For need to me, watch? For me, the first one's pretty obvious. It's got to be Drew Brees. And, I mean, this is interchangeable. If it's Taysom Hill that gets the start, you kind of plug plug him into that one slot because the way that this New Orleans team functions lives or dies on who's under center. The entire offensive scheme, the pass concepts stay the same, but you can see a big difference with Hill on the field. They like to run the ball more. They use a more schematic QB run type looks. And the targets to Alvin Kamara in the pass game dropped tremendously with Taysom Hill. That's a big deal. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you want to see Taysom Hill, without a doubt. And it's not just because it's not one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in Drew Brees, but it's a guy that doesn't target Kamara, which is probably the most dominant weapon on the field when the Chiefs defense and the Saints offense are on this football field. So if you can keep the ball out of Kamara's hands, I think that's a win-win. So I think Taysom Hill and Drew Brees are are the keys to what's going to happen here, and they'll make big impacts, of course, just being quarterbacks, but the team just functions differently depending upon who's under center. And if they don't have a guy like Michael Thomas in there, I think having somebody like Taysom Hill could be an added layer of success because this Chiefs defense does struggle against the run. I think they're 26. But like you said, it hasn't really come from rushing quarterbacks. It's just come from the run game in general. Um, It's just kind of sketchy because Taysom Hill runs like a running back still. He's still running like he's playing that H-back role. So I don't know. In one perspective, it'd be nice to see Taysom Hill so we don't have to deal with Alvin Kamara consistently. But in the same breath, if you get Drew Brees, it limits the deep stuff. They're not going to take big shots down the field. And basically, if you're Kansas City, you could set up to where you stop the short to intermediate pass game and focus the run game and shutting down Kamara the best you can. And then if Breeze beats you downfield, so be it. But And I'll talk about that in a little bit more depth later on. But I I think Drew Breeze and Taysom Hill, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback, basically has to be your first impact guy. But um, second, and this, this is somebody you mentioned previously, and I think this is a guy that he gets credit but there's time where, times excuse me, where I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves, and that's Cam Jordan. This guy is just – he's physically dominant. And I wouldn't be excited if we had Schwartz and Fisher to face this group. And they have the young guy, uh, Trey Hendrickson, I think is his name, on the other side. And then I think they have Marcus Davenport yeah. in pass rush rotation. So he was a first-round pick here a couple years ago. So the edge rushers there in New Orleans, it's a scary, scary unit. And you, you, Oh, yeah. That's definitely the matchup to watch, I'd say. Because the offensive line versus the defensive line. And just, sorry, before we go to your third, that that's my number one impact player of, of Kansas City side. And it's not just a player, it's the entire offensive line. Because they are absolutely going to be the reason that we either win or lose this game, in my opinion. Um, if you give them home times to throw... They're in a dome, so the ball's going to be clean wherever he throws it. And, you know, it's all off his arm. So, man, I'm just, I'm praying. I pray every night that the Chiefs offensive line is going to pull this out. 
I think it absolutely and depends no, on the without offensive a doubt, line. That's, Go ahead. that's what the problem has been. This isn't a new situation. It's just severity's worsened because you're taking a guy like Mike Rimmers who has been above replacement but not great, and now you're even downgrading that more to an undrafted rookie who has very little NFL experience. And it's just – and, of course, that's if Durant plays the right side and then – Wiley kicks out to the left. I don't know. I don't think Wiley can be worse than uh, – oh, what's his name? I just went blank. Cameron Irving. Cam Irving. He was so bad. I Nobody think Wiley be may be able to do a little bit better than that. I just – I hope Andy is cognizant of what is happening on this offensive line and calls the offense in a way that's going to complement what, what limitations they have. We can't be taking the 60, 70-yard shots because that'll get Patrick hurt. Like that's just a reality. You can't take that risk, especially with this game, quote unquote, being meaningless. It's the most exciting game, I think, for the fans because it's the highest level of competition I think we're going to play the whole season, honestly, on both sides of the football. But I don't know. When you see a guy across sure. from you like Cam Jordan and then we have a patchwork offensive line, it's just, it's scary. And in the back of your head, you wonder, hey, maybe number four should be on the field instead of 15. But I don't know. I don't think they'll do it. There's too much at stake from a rhythm standpoint and just a pride standpoint, and I don't think Patrick will want that. And as we've seen, what 15 wants is pretty much what happens at this point. So I don't know. I think Cam Jordan's going to make a huge impact. Hopefully they can do enough to keep Patrick healthy. That's the main objective. But third, it's a guy that we've already discussed. It's Alvin Kamara. If if Alvin Kamara's going off – you're probably going to lose. And that's just been, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not high level uh, analysis by any means, but it's just on paper. When Drew Brees is in the game and he gets 15 to 20 targets, they're almost unstoppable. Because when you have a guy like Michael Thomas out there, that's so reliable, they can do so many different things. And I've never been a big Michael Thomas guy. I think he's a product of the system in certain ways. And I'm interested to see if he ever leaves or if the offense transitions post-breeze, if he's success, as successful as he's been when he's healthy. Um, but with a guy like that and what Kamara brings to the pass game with Breeze in there, and then not to mention what he does as a runner. I mean, this run offense, I think it's seventh overall in rushing yards. It's a group that you have to pay attention to and have to give respect. But the reality is they're 21st in pass offense this year. so. If Breeze is the starting quarterback, you focus Alvin Kamara the whole game, whether it be in the pass game or in the run game. You allot resources and divide individual guys, not number 56, please, God, not 56. <laughs> don't don't get started on that because we'll talk for another 35 minutes on Ben Neiman. Right. You brought just it up with the Just ignore it for now. They're the reason these games have been close. But I really think it's them 56, but we'll move on past that. I've watched it and watched it. I go back and watch games. When teams make plays, usually it's to his zone in the past game. But that's another story for another day because you're right. It's it's a rabbit hole, and we'll, we'll get way stuck in it because I can't hardly handle the conversation anymore. But as you can tell, we're not calling the shots there, so no reason to waste our breath for the 13th or 14th time, whichever episode this is. I think it's 13. But yeah, this team in New Orleans, they they're gonna 
do everything they can to get the run game going as quickly as possible and then set up that short pass game and the Kamara pass game out of the backfield. You can't let that happen if you're the Chiefs defense. If you allow Kamara to get 20 targets and they're attacking our linebackers and pass coverage, Kansas City's going to lose this game. It's just that simple because I don't think we're going to see the high-powered deep ball offense because of what's going on with the offensive line. So this defense has to be able to contain quick score, quick scoring plays, that is. And you can't do that if Kamara's got the ball in his hand because he's a one cut into the house. In my opinion, he electricity-wise as a runner is Jamal Charles as close as anybody in this league. I mean, he hits one and he's gone. And that's that's what it is. And you can't you can't risk that not knowing what you're going to be able to do offensively. But I'm not going to sit here and harp on. We know what they have. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. Cam Jordan, a very underrated top-end rusher going against the beat-up, tattered offensive line. And, an, and a weapon, basically, in Alvin Kamara that can hurt you in every phase. So if you're Kansas City, you've got to limit what those guys do. And if you can, you'll win this game. But if they take over, you're going to lose. And it's just that simple. And I know that's not high-level breakdowns by any means but I'll get into it a little bit in depth but that's really the breakdown and that's really the impact guys for New Orleans because this matchup's going to live and die on what these six guys between the two teams can do and that's just a fact but if you want to go ahead and kick on to the so <clears throat> so we already mentioned the offensive line for Kansas City um second guy is Travis Kelsey who I think is 170 and some change Yards away from retaking his his own single season receiving record uh, at the tight end position that he had for maybe four hours a couple years ago until George Kittle broke it. Uh, he is definitely on pace to retake that. He's got three games to get 170 some yards. Um, honestly, <laughs> the way he plays, he could do it in one game. So we'll see. Uh, knock on wood there as well. But Travis Kelsey's just a stud, man, and it. You can't put it any other way. He's he's good at what he does. Best route running tight end in football, and it's not even close. You have the blocking aspect from Kittle. Kittle, yes, is a better blocker, but don't pretend that Kelsey doesn't block because that dude is out in front of every single big run. So please don't act like he does not block. He does what his team needs him to do, and that's all you can ask for. Um, and then the last guy is a guy that you know hasn't – I mean, he got a safety last week. Uh, really the first big impact play he's made in quite a while, and that's Chris Jones. Um, with Alvin Kamara in the backfield, defense is going to have to set the tone early. Keep Willie Gay on the field, please, for the love of God, Spags. I could go on a rant about Steve Spagnola also, but I, I won't today. I'll save you guys from hearing that. But keep Willie Gay in, match speed with speed, and defense needs to set the tone early. Just like last week, you know, in the first – First half, they played fantastic. I think coaching somewhat cost us some points there in the second half. I think Andy Reid tried coasting um, with eight minutes to go in the third quarter and tried running the ball, doing all that. It, it kills momentum. You're not hitting those plays that you were in the first half. It's a huge momentum killer. Yes, we had a ton of turnovers last week, and hopefully we clean that up this week um, because this secondary is good. You know, Janoris Jenkins, he's old, but he's still good. Um Lattimore on the other side, he's good. You got Malcolm Jenkins back as safety. I mean, they're good. They're tough there, uh, defensive back. But 
defense has to set a tone, and that starts up front with Chris Jones. Get in the backfield. Get your hurries. Bully these guys. Get them off the field. Get it in 15 hands, and let's go win a ball game in a blowout. I think we are the better team. I think we're a three-point three point favorite right now. Um, I think that's just because it's an away game. But set the tone. Take control of this game because everyone's doubting you right now because of injuries, things like that. Take control of the game. Do it early and get out of New Orleans healthy. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree. If they execute all those little checkpoints, I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a very, very memorable game for the fan base. And I think it's going to potentially be one of the more exciting games in the NFL season. I don't know if it'll live up to Ravens-Browns that we just saw a few days ago, but it could be very – Yeah, that and was good just game. real quick, I want to really touch just real fast on the improvement that we saw last week from the Chiefs' pass rush. It was the best week I think they've had collectively of the entire season. Um, and we're talking about guys – Two of these guys that made impacts are uh, Tershawn Wharton and Mike Dana. And these are two. Yeah, I think Tish, just a little side uh, note, I think Tershawn Wharton's yeah. a diamond in Brett the rough Beach that we found. And Andy, I think they both play a big part in the personnel. This draft class is incredible. Every guy in this draft class makes an impact every game. This is This is probably their best work so far, I think. Clyde hasn't been what he was hyped to be, but I think that's more of a product of the offensive line than him as a player. Everything else, every pick we made, Bo Pete Keys has even made an impact in special teams. So, I mean, you look at Wharton, 79.8 overall grade from PFF. He had a sack, or two sacks, four pressures. Chris Jones had an 80 grade, uh, 81 pass rush grade, four pressures, one sack. I know Dana had three tackles for loss and a sack, and Frank Clark had a sack. And yes, of course, it's against the young Miami offensive line. But that That's a very talented group, and they've all been very successful this year as a whole. And Tua was a guy and is a guy that has a little bit of mobility. So to see those kind of numbers is very encouraging. That's really the last point I want to hit on the impact. But I look to see this Chiefs defense and these defensive linemen to come in and hopefully build some confidence and execute like they did last week. And I think it'll have a big impact on this game, especially if it's Breeze. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm nervous about Sunday. Um, I was nervous about Miami, and I had every right to be. I mean, we kind of played into their game. They forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, Mahomes had – I think the worst game of his career and still threw for almost 350 and a couple scores. So I uh, did enough to win us the game and that's all we can ask for. So um, that being said, Marcus, time for your make or breaks. Um, you know, you kind of, kind of said some of the stuff earlier, uh, just a little more in depth here. Got about five minutes here. So Marcus, uh, make a break. I've been yours. looking forward to this one all season. Um, these are two very, Competitive, very talented, very successful teams on both sides of the football. Um, so let's just dive right into it. For Kansas City, their offense, they've got to be successful in the red zone. Uh, the Saints really defensively have two weaknesses, and this is the only weaknesses they have. They're 26th in red, uh, red zone touchdown percentage and 17th in passing touchdowns allowed. So the Chiefs are going to have to push the ball and throw the ball in the red zone and be effective. 
if they can do that, it's going to put them in a great position throughout the game. And if we see a situation, which I think it was Denver a few weeks ago, where they struggled tremendously in the red zone, there's no way Kansas City wins this game. Um, I expect them to attack downfield. Like Jordan said, the secondary in New Orleans is very strong, but they do allow a lot of passing touchdowns. And I wouldn't say a lot, but they allow – they're in the back half of the league. And that's what the Chiefs do best. So stick to what you do best offensively. Attack the ball – or attack the deep ball, basically, is what I'm saying. Push the ball down the field. And then use your short pass game like the run game. Use your screens. Use your curls and your slants like they do. And get the production that you may need in short yardage out of your pass game. Because the run game just has shown not to be successful. So don't waste your time. And that's really how I feel. Last week, they had a little bit of success, and Clyde was running really hard. The statistics at the end of the game weren't really there for him, but he had a few impressive runs. I just I think use the short pass game as your run game against this unit because I don't think the run is going to be there against this front seven. I think they're second in the league against the run game, so I wouldn't even attempt it. They can't get any push, so there's really no reason to try to attempt it. Um, I expect a lot of short passes, like I said. With the patchwork offensive line, you've got to make an impact any way you can, and I think it's going to be through short passes because I don't think they're going to have time, or Patrick's not going to have the time to air the ball out for 60-70 yard throws. Um, the reality is I think the Saints are going to run a lot of heavy coverage sets when they're not blitzing. Now, this team's very aggressive defensively. They like to blitz a lot. But we've seen in the past every team that blitzes fails against Patrick Mahomes. So it'll be interesting to see if they go into heavy pass coverage sets consistently or if they blitz a lot. But I think if they blitz a lot, the Chiefs just have to use their short pass game and the screens to keep Patrick upright. And they need to get in front early. They need to put pressure on Drew Brees to where he may have to push the ball downfield because that'll take him out of his comfort zone. And it basically takes him out of his ability to execute what he does best, which is the short intermediate throws to guys like Thomas and uh, Kamara. For the defense, for the Chiefs, they really need to just focus on whatever it takes to get pressure. they got to knock Breeze out of his rhythm. You can't let the pass catchers on that team, guys like Thomas, Kamara, even Jared Cook, you can't let those guys get into a rhythm with Drew Breeze because the chemistry is unstoppable with that group. If they get into a rhythm and then combine with Sean Payton's offensive schematics and his kind of genius, they're almost unbeatable. Um, our front seven has to be very aggressive when it comes to containing Alvin Kamara. They rank seventh in rush, rushing offense, but they're 21st in pass offense, like I touched on earlier. I really think the Chiefs need to sell out on the run game and really focus on short passing concepts and then basically force Breeze to beat you down the field. And if he does, so be it. But if you put them in that position, it's making them execute on what they're worst at, which is deep pass. So for the Chiefs, really focus the run game, shut down the short passes, be aggressive, put Willie Gay on the field much more than 56, or put 56 on the bench permanently, and I think they're going to be well on their way to winning this game. For the Saints, they need to establish a run game. The Chiefs rank 26th in run defense. I think the Saints can uh, dominate the line of scrimmage the entire game, which will force Kansas City to stack the box against the run which will give Breeze better opportunities to attack in the pass game. I mean, that's just common sense. Less guys, easier to get open reads, especially these concepts they run with all the slants and rub routes and things like that that they do. They have a lot of schematically 
generated short passing schemes. But I think they need to use those things and really get the run game going so the Chiefs have to respect it. Because this Chiefs defense, their strength is their pass offense. It's 14th unit in the league. It's not a great unit, but it's an above-average unit. And I think that's where the Chiefs can make their biggest impact defensively is in the pass defense. So I think getting that running game established for the Saints offense is going to be a big deal. Um, for the Chief, or for the Saints defense, excuse me, uh, don't buy, die by the big play. Give the Chiefs the underneath game in the run game if they want to use it. Force Mahomes to be conservative and basically just take what the defense gives him. We've talked about this week in and week out. Drop seven guys into coverage. Blitz four. When you have talent like Cam Hayward, uh, Trey Hendrickson, and then you got Marcus Davenport coming off the bench, they're going to get pressure against this beat up Chiefs offensive line. New Orleans ranks, they rank fourth against the pass and second against the run. So this is a very strong defense. Do what you do best. Don't over blitz. Be conservative, in my opinion, from a blitz standpoint, because it's very unsuccessful over Patrick Mahomes' career. He's never really struggled with it. This guy is not Jared Goff. You're not going to rattle him. He's not Derek Carr. You're not rattling him. So be conservative, drop seven, let your four-man rush get there because with this offensive line, it will. I expect the Chiefs to pass frequently, and I think the Saints' main focus defensively is just going to be trying to contain the Chiefs' pass game because really the run game's non-existent. And if I'm the Saints, I saw Marcus Lattimore basically, or Marshawn Lattimore, excuse me. Marcus Lattimore, I think, was the South Carolina running back that blew his knee out. Um, Marshawn Lattimore. He's already on Twitter basically saying that he thinks he can run step for step with Tyreek and cover him one-on-one. If I'm the Saints, and I have this in caps, do not cover Tyreek Hill and press man with no safety help one-on-one, ever. Don't do it. You're going to lose. There ain't a guy on this planet, maybe Usain Bolt, there ain't a guy in the NFL that can run step for step with Tyreek Hill for 60 minutes of football. It's not doable. It's just not. So don't do it. That's going to put yourself in the biggest position to fail if you're the Saints defense. So drop seven, blitz four, let your well above average defense do what they do. Don't be over aggressive and don't press man on Tyree kill with no safety help because it will get you a loss and they don't lose very much in the, in the dome. So I expect them to execute this plan. I do actually believe the chiefs are going to take their second loss. I do think the offensive line is potentially too much to overcome this week against this unit. If Breeze plays, I think it's going to be a a heck of a game. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle a little bit to move the ball downfield like they're used to. So I think they're going to be – they've been in the low 30s. I think they'll probably get to around 24 to 28. I'm going to go – the Saints are three-point underdog. I actually think they're going to cover and win the game 27 to 24. I'm still taking the Chiefs here, and I'm always going to. I don't care if they're if they have the personnel of a high school team and they're playing the juggernauts of the NFL at the time. Uh, but I'm going to take the Chiefs, 34-28. And I think Mahomes gets back on his A game. I think they come back fired up after having all those turnovers and stuff last week, and you know see what they do. But Marcus, um, really appreciate really appreciate your make or breaks there. Um, I think that was probably the most in depth of your make or breaks yet. So um, 
you know, good luck topping that <laughs> next week. But uh, anyway, guys, that does it for us here on the Nosebleed Seats. Looking forward to Sunday. Remember, it's a 325 game. So enjoy your lunch. Enjoy your beer. Um, you know, I'll be up early. So anyways, Marcus, you got anything for off here? to the holiday season? Um, want everybody to stay safe. Wear your masks. Um, enjoy time with your family if you're able to spend time with them because of the crazy stuff going on in the world. Um, just looking forward to this matchup, looking forward to the blessing of Chiefs football and excited for what the holidays are going to bring and hopefully what happens in February and January, January and February, what have you. But no, I mean, that's about all I've got. I mean, just excited, looking forward to it. And this is, this is my favorite time of year. Um, it's just an exciting time in Chiefs kingdom, exciting time with the holidays, just looking forward to everything. And as he said, guys, happy holidays uh, for me and mine as well. We will try to get an episode in next week. I know uh, next time we're supposed to be on air is uh, Christmas Eve. So we will see how that goes. If not, we'll try to get out to you guys beforehand. Um, I think, what, is it the Falcons next week? We play NFC South back-to-back? Yeah, uh-huh. It's a Falcon followed by the Chargers. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. All right, yeah, we will try to get that to you guys. Um, you know, as they say in the uh, old commercial with Travis Kelsey. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Travis Kelsey. It's the Wood Doula Harry commercial, isn't it? Go Chiefs! <laughs> All right, guys, that does it for Jordan Anderson here, Marcus Baker as well. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. To the Chiefs' kingdom. You guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!